to the Prophecy Club. We're going to do one of my favorite things to do today, and that is to study Bible prophecy. Now I'm going to go ahead and freely admit to you that sometimes I get to go on too fast, and I know <laughs> I know in the last broadcast where I covered what was it, uh, chapters 10 and 11, I know I went too fast. I get excited, I just go too fast, so I'm going to try to slow down. Now, I know some of you are reading, some of you are working, some of you are driving, things like that when you're listening to this, but if you can get to a Bible, that would be the best thing for you to do right now to grab your Bible and turn to Revelation chapter 12. Again, I'm going to try to go a little slower. I'm going to try to explain it a little bit more in detail. Why? Because we are about to live what we're about to read. This is soon to be newspaper headlines. Revelation chapter 12. First of all, Lord... Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to know and understand. Lord, we know that you changeth the times and the seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. You revealeth the deep and secret things. You knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with you. And Lord, we ask you to give us revelation knowledge. Show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand beyond just ink on paper Help us to have revelations and know and understand and use us in the days ahead to be able to teach Bible prophecy. As you recall, I have said several times, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles, which, by the way, I will be bringing you some very good news on the crusade here in the next few days once we get it all finalized. But anyway, Revelation chapter 12, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, upon her head a crown of twelve stars. I cannot tell you all of, the, all, of, all of the people that get so confused over this, and they think all kinds of crazy things that this is actually saying. Well, thanks to Bob Wadsworth coming in and making, I guess it was three DVDs with Prophecy Club, which, by the way, you can watch all of our DVDs, over 300 of them, at watchprophecyclub.com for a subscription of only 20 bucks a month or $200 a year, I have to say that that is the very, very, very best deal you could get. As a matter of fact, we also have, I don't have, I think it's either nine or 10 DVDs from Henry Groover up there, including one that was recorded even before Prophecy Club started, like back in 1989, of Henry Groover speaking to Full Gospel Businessman, and I recorded that. That's up there. Also, the very first time he ever spoke for Prophecy Club, as well as all of them, I think like nine or ten DVDs, watch prophecyclub.com, go check it out. But anyway, so Bob Wadsworth came in and made three DVDs. Who's Bob Wadsworth? Well, he is probably the expert on biblical astronomy. I said astronomy, not astrology. In other words, the stars were flung into place by God. And he numbered them. He called them by name. And they are set in order, a specific order, to tell the story of man. Well, he's the one that helped us to understand this. He says, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, upon her head a crown of twelve stars. He explained that this is actually an astronomical position and it takes place Every year. Every year. However, 
There was one year when it was fulfilled. Let me say it again. It occurs every year. But one year, meaning the year that Jesus was born, it was fulfilled, meaning that Jesus came forth and this woman represents Israel that brought forth Jesus. Now, the next thing, and he says this is also an astronomical configuration. This next thing also occurs once every year. But there was a year a long time ago when it was fulfilled. Now, let's get to verse 2. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. In other words, Israel brought, brought forth Jesus there. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon. In other words, this is Satan. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. I believe that that is the picture of his kingdom, which is going to be soon to be totally delivered and soon to be totally in place. The seven heads, I believe, are the seven continents that they will, according to Revelation 13, which we're going to get into that possibly today, but they will divide the seven continents into ten global regions. However, it says here, seven heads and ten horns. That's what it's talking about. It's ten global regions and seven crowns upon his heads. Now, there's another place where it has ten crowns or ten horns upon his heads. But this is specifically referring to Lucifer. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, meaning a third part of the angels or a third part of the devils that served him, believed him in his lie when iniquity was found in him, when he was cast out of his position. Now, let me explain. He's not cast out of heaven yet, but he is cast down from his position of being the light bearer. He is no longer the light bearer. He is no longer the praise and worship leader in heaven. He is no longer Lucifer, son of the morning. Not to be confused with Jesus, which is the morning star. Jesus is the morning star. Lucifer is son of the morning. Not to be confused. Now, let's back up here. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Lucifer has not been cast out of heaven yet. I'll show you the scripture here later on, but he stands before God day and night accusing the brethren. That is his job. He is the accuser of the brethren, and rest assured he is still in heaven. But there is a day that he will be cast out. But this is referring to the stars of heaven, a third of them were cast to the earth, not Lucifer, not yet, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child. So as we know, when Jesus was born, that's when Herod, uh, all newborn babies, two years and under, had to be killed because he was trying to kill Jesus. He was trying to kill him because he thought that he would one day be king and take his throne. Again, totally misunderstood, but that's what it's talking about. And she, meaning Israel, brought forth a man-child who is to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Now, let's take a second and understand what he's talking about. What does it mean when Jesus will rule all nations with a rod of iron? If you're going to understand that, you have to understand who are the nations. Well, you recall that 
in Revelation chapter 6, it says, And they ran into the holes and rocks, and cried into the mountains and rocks, and said, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who should be able to stand? So there is a very small group of people that are going to survive the tribulation. Isaiah says few men are left. In other words, there are very few, but there are some that survive the tribulation. Now, those people that take the mark, they're cast into the lake of fire, and they are there with the beast, the false prophet, and Lucifer, and they are tormented with him day and night forever and ever and ever. That's the first group. The other group are those people whose names is in the book of life. They get a glorified body. They live eternally, and you and I are among that number. So there's only three groups of people. There is only three. Those people whose names are in the book of life, those people whose names are not in the book of life, and then, uh, well, of course, I guess you'd call the, 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 those people that take the mark. But then there is another group of people called the nations. They don't get eternal life. Those are the people that did not take the mark of the beast, but also they didn't receive Jesus. So the name is not in the book of life. They don't get eternal life. How do you know they don't get eternal life? I'm so glad you asked. Daniel 2, 44. And it shall not be given to other people, meaning the kingdom shall not be given to other people. Go check it out. Daniel 2, 44. It confirms there are a group of people. This is the corners. It represents the corners that are not to be harvested. So out of all of the people on earth, there are some people that are not harvested. They didn't take the mark of the beast, but they also didn't receive Jesus. So they're in the middle. They're kind of in uh, quandary. They're kind of in limbo. They're kind of in never-never land. They don't fit in those people saved, but they don't fit in those people that are tossed into the lake of fire either. They are the nations. You remember where it says, And the rest of the men that are not killed by these plagues repented not of the work of their hands, that they should not worship idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Neither they repented of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. That's the nations. In other words, these are the people that didn't die, but they didn't take the mark, but they didn't receive Jesus either. So they are the corners not harvested. That's the nations. And on the day of trumpets, when Jesus returns, that is one evening and one morning. I believe it's Isaiah seventeen fourteen says, in the evening tide they are, in the morning they are not. So the day of the Lord, not seven years, not three and a half years, not 30 days. The day of the Lord is exactly what it says. It is one day. In the evening tide they are, in the morning they are not. In other words, in one day, so much happens. One day, everyone whose name is not in the book of life, is tossed into the lake of fire. Those people who have taken the mark of the beast are tossed into the lake of fire, but it's not soul death for them. They take the mark, they don't get soul death. They are tormented with the beast, the false prophet, and Lucifer forever and ever and ever and ever. However, those people that did not take the mark, nor did they receive Jesus, they're in limbo. They are the corners, and they are the nations. They are told on the day of trumpets, remember Jesus said, when I return, my reward is with me. He returns on trumpets. His reward is on trumpets. That's the day that we get our crowns. We get 
whatever mansion we're going to get. We get whatever clothing, whether it's white garments or gold or whatever it is we're going to get. And that's the day that the nations are told their fate. And here's what they're told. They're said, okay, we're going to let you live up to, but no more than 1,000 years. How do we know? Because Satan is loosed out of his prison. And he goeth out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. And fire from God, that's the morning star, fire from God come down out of heaven and devoureth them. Meaning, they are told, you get to live for up to 1,000 years, but no more. But if you sin, if you break a law, that's why he says that they're ruled with a rod of iron. If you sin, you break one law, then what happens is one of these boys over here is going to take care of you. And he's going to be speaking to these people. I saw thrones and then them set on them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those beheaded for the witness of Jesus, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither his mark, neither received his, his mark in his forehead or in his hand. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. That's the morning star judges. Those are the ones that have turned many people to righteousness that shine as the stars forever. Those are like the two witnesses. Remember the two witnesses. If any man shall hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man hurt them, they must be in this manner killed. Those are the two witnesses. And like the two witnesses, they have the morning star. Remember, and those that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers, that's ashes, even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. That's the morning star judges. And they show up at the speed of thought. And they blow out of their mouth a light. That is the morning star, a light sword. And it hits the person that sins. They fall to the ground on a pile of ashes and bones. And they are destroyed, both body and soul, instantly, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's how long it takes. So these are the nations. And let me back up. As soon as she brought forth a man-child who's to rule all nations with a rod of iron, means Jesus will rule all of these people that did not receive him, but they didn't take the mark either. The Bible calls them the nations. And he rules them with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. In other words, Jesus was uh, resurrected and then 40 days later ascended up to heaven in a cloud. Verse 6, and the woman fled into the wilderness. Now, all of a sudden, we jumped some 2,000 years. Within a few words, just insert 2,000 years, because all of a sudden this is talking about the woman. These are the people that see the abomination of desolation which is when the when Lucifer sets upon the Ark of the Covenant and he proclaims himself to be God. The Ark of the Covenant is the golden throne of God. Inside are the Ten Commandments. He will set upon the Ark of the Covenant, and that's the reason it says it is the abomination of desolation or the abomination that maketh desolate. Depends on where you read it. And at that time, those people whose name is in the book of life and keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, they will see that abomination of desolation because they read Matthew 24. 
Those people that read Matthew 24 means the Christians, those people that know Jesus and recognize him immediately. That's when it says, don't come out dumb. Don't come down off of the rooftop and pack. Don't collect $200. Don't pass go. Don't delay. By the way, that's not exactly scripture there. <laughs> but, but he tells them, get out of Dodge. Run. And I believe that they will run 200 miles, 216 miles to be exact, down to the real Mount Sinai, which is really located in Saudi Arabia. On the way down there, there will be a great flood. Now, in those caverns down there, those ravines, sometimes it's 100 feet up from the bottom of the ravine all the way up to the edge. And sometimes, many times, I've been in them, most of the time, you cannot climb the edge of that ravine. It has been gully washed out with major floods over some 6,000 years. And that's the reason when the children of Israel went down towards the Red Sea. And that's the reason Pharaoh said, oh, they have shut themselves in. In other words, they've caught themselves. They're caught because they can't get out of the ravines. And now they're backed up on this side by a side of the ravine and that side of the ravine. And, of course, we're on the other side of it, and they're backed up against the Dead Sea. And, of course, that's or the Red Sea. And that's when, of course, Moses raised his staff, and they walked through in the Red Sea on dry ground. But those ravines, you can't get out of them. Well, on the way down to the real Mount Sinai, those people that are Christians that have the testimony of Jesus, keep the commandments of God, those people will move south, 216 miles south. But on the way, there will be a big flood. And that's the reason it says, and the dragon cast out of his... Here, I'm going to read it here in just a second. So let me just read it. That's what it's talking about here. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God where they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Pause. That's one of the things I want to do with this oil money. I want to go to Israel and I want to say, look, I'd like for you to work out a deal where you can have this oil at such and such a price, but I want you to allow me to bring in Christians and Jews from around the world. I want you to allow me to build a land of unwalled villages. I want you to allow me to build places to bring Christians and Jews from around the world here to Israel probably in the southern part of Israel, which is what Maurice Scalar was shown in a vision for me when he was prophesying to me. So anyway, the woman fled in the wilderness. That's the people that do know their God. Where she hath a place prepared for God, where they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Some people have said, Stan, where's the best place to live if you want to try to live all the way to the end of the tribulation? I will say, First of all, my objective is not try to live to the end of the tribulation. My objective is to simply do what I'm told to do and then go home. But for sure, I want to be dead by the time the uh, call is to the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is on the last Pentecost. And if you want to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, you've got to be dead. And that happens on the last Pentecost, which is about four months before Jesus returns the second time on Armageddon. Again, I'll get all this. So let's go back to this. And there was war in heaven. Okay, so you got it. That's when Lucifer is kicked out of heaven. And not until. He is kicked out in the middle of the tribulation. That's the reason he goes down and sets on the Ark of the Covenant. He literally then inhabits the body of the beast. And that's his whole goal in existence, is to set upon the throne of God on the sides of the north, I believe it is, Ezekiel says, He wants to set on the Ark of the Covenant, proclaim himself God. 
He will stop animal sacrifice. And that's when the image of the beast stands up and says, everybody got to worship him. He is the man God. He is the real God. Everybody got to worship him. And the beast is given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he opens his mouth and, and, and blasphemy. As you can tell, you know, it kind of comes out of me pretty fast here. I'm sorry. I'll try to slow down again, but I get excited about Bible prophecy. I love Bible prophecy. And I was <laughs> hoping, hoping I would get to chapter 13. I'm not even going to get through 12. But anyway, we'll, we'll keep going. So. The people see the abomination of desolation, people living in Israel. So where would be the best place to live if you want to try to live the longest? Answer, Jerusalem. What? Well, if you're a Christian and you know when to leave, and if you got my book, then you know there's like seven or eight signs to watch for to know just, and by the way, the book I'm talking about is The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. It'll give you like seven or eight things, signs to watch for. Uh, to be able to spot the Antichrist or the beast early so you can get prepared to leave Jerusalem early rather than be in the crowd that only detects who he is when he sits on the Ark of the Covenant. Let's go on to the next verse. And the woman fled into the wilderness, that's the church, running down to Mount Sinai, where she hath a place prepared of God, and I want to be able to prepare that place to take care of those people as they run down there. And they should feed there a thousand two hundred three score days. That's the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And there was war in heaven. That's when the war in heaven takes place, in the middle of the tribulation. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was the place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon, remember that point because I'm going to come back and talk about it. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. That's when Lucifer is cast out. He's still in heaven today. Still there. Now, let me back up. When I started memorizing the <laughs> book of Revelation, just be rather frank about it, I, you know, I'm not a real smart person. So I didn't think I was going to be able to do this. So Long about like chapter two or three, I needed to kind of motivate myself. I need to give myself a target and a target to get to the end of the whole book of Revelation was just too far away. So I thought, okay, okay, well, maybe I can at least make it to the middle. So I actually took all of the text from Revelation. I removed all of the words like chapter, whatever, and chapter. So it was nothing but text. And then just by a process of elimination in a word, the, the word document, I found out exactly and precisely what was the center of Revelation. Here's where I found it. And I thought this was very interesting. It's right after the word dragon, and it's just before the word was cast out. Now, a lot of times when you look at a verse, the very center word is the center of point that verse is trying to get across. When you look at the center word of a chapter in the Bible, that's generally the primary point that chapter is trying to get across. So when it went to right after the word and the great dragon, I put an ad, red X, that's the middle, was cast out, meaning the central point of the book of Revelation, surprisingly, is not the exaltation of Jesus, it is the casting down of the dragon. The whole point 
of the book of Revelation is to tell about the casting down of the dragon. So that's a very important thing. And that takes place in the middle of the tribulation. He's still in heaven. He's going to be there until approximately the middle of the tribulation. When you see the Ark of the Covenant being set on, you can rest assured that at that time, Satan has been cast down. And that person setting on the Ark of the Covenant is no longer just the beast with the spirit of the beast or the spirit of the Antichrist. When you see him, you will know that is a body that is holding the spirit of Lucifer. That is Lucifer setting on the Ark of the Covenant. He has now been cast down. Now, here's why I say this. Let me back up. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, here's the job of Satan. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Meaning, that in the middle of the tribulation, and not before, in the middle of the tribulation, Lucifer is cast down, and his angels are cast down with him, and that is when the kingdom of our God starts. Because no more is Lucifer in heaven, now the kingdom of God. That's what it says. Now comes salvation and strength and the kingdom of God for the, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. That's what Lucifer means. It means accuser. He is the one that day and night stands before God, accusing their brethren. And I say I've run out of time. Well, I will say this, brothers and sisters. I do not know why, but we're back in the desert. We're back in a financial desert, so if you love Prophecy Club, if God has blessed you, we could really use your help right now. Put together six DVDs, five titles, valued at $160, all for a gift of just $40. That's less than $10 a DVD. First one, what's wrong with Halloween? Dr. Jack Clooney is a ranking authority on Satanism, witchcraft, white supremacy, and other forms of occult and occult activity. He helped investigators from the FBI, CIA, OSI, Border Patrol, and dozens of police and sheriff organizations across America in occult-related crimes. The average Christian has no idea of the influence of the occult in crimes. America's Occult Holidays by Doc Marquis. Doc was raised in an Illuminati family, trained as an Illuminist, and attained the rank of Master Witch, third degree. He has been a Christian since 1979 and appeared on and consulted for the Oprah Winfrey Show, the Geraldo Vera Show, Hard Copy, Inside Edition, Unsolved Mysteries. He reveals how all American holidays are designed to be used as an occult numerical pattern originating from the Illuminati. Discover the real truth behind the popular holidays like Christmas, Easter, Halloween, Valentine's Day, May Day, and other traditions of men, and learn the truth behind occult practices like trick-or-treat and May Day. Occult Holidays Revealed by Stephen Dollins. Stephen is an ex-Satanist high priest of the Church of Satan. He reveals the truth and the true origins behind Christmas, Easter, Halloween, and the world's most celebrated holidays, including Is Christmas the Real Birth of Jesus? Is Easter celebrating the resurrection of Christ? And what is the hidden agenda behind Halloween? 
The Occult in Your Living Room, also by Stephen Dollins. Stephen exposes the subtle devices used to infiltrate the homes of Christians and non-Christians alike to lure the young and the old into the practice of witchcraft and Satanism. Discover the evil truth behind today's crazes like movies, video games, and role-playing fantasy games. These devices initiate our children into the world of the occult by making evil appear to be cute, such as Teletubbies, Pokemon, and others. Vampires and werewolves, real or fake? Bill Snevelin was a voodoo priest, Wiccan high priest, second-degree member of the Church of Satan, a New Age guru, occultist, channeler, 90th-degree mason, and a Knight Templar, vampire initiate, and member of the Illuminati. Due to the increased media exposure, vampires, werewolves made to appear seductive. Many people are becoming intrigued with evil. All six DVDs, five titles, $160 value, all for a gift of just $40 at prophecyclub.com. It's called The Occult Holidays Gift Offer. That's The Occult Holidays Gift Offer. Six DVDs, five titles, gift of $40 at prophecyclub.com. The easiest way to listen and watch Prophecy Club YouTube videos is to download our free app from the App Store. This is not to be confused with watchprophecyclub.com, where you can watch 26 years and over 300 DVDs for a subscription of $20 a month to $200 a year. The app allows you to watch our YouTube videos and listen to our radio programs very easily. Go check it out at your app store. Prayerfully consider supporting the Prophecy Club with your gifts of support. We would not be here without your prayers and generous financial support. 